0: This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 481 eight simple steps to start running and get in phenomenal shape. Good morning, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm. create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down the joy of running, especially long distance, how you can train up to your first big race, and how to overcome the most common obstacles along the way. Let's dig in. The only perspective that I like to bring to running is fun. And what I mean by that is once you get beyond getting into great shape or losing weight, building muscle, improving your confidence, or just simply achieving a bucket list goal, having tons of fun is the reason that I run. You know, right now in Tennessee, where I live, running season has arrived. And regardless of the time of year that it is when you're hearing this episode or where you live in the world, it's time right now to kickstart your training to run your next big event this year. A few years ago, I released an episode of the podcast about this topic, or more specifically, how to train for a half marathon. The episode this week is going to be more of an updated version of that to incorporate not just my running history and years of marathons and ultra marathons, but also the many years of not running at all and why that happened, and then why I'm running again now for a whole new set of reasons. All of this is really important. Your reason, your rationale, your why for running, your why for being in great physical shape. That's the whole thing. That's what allows you to succeed or not. It is the foundation for your physical fitness, for your energy, your enthusiasm, your future best self. It rests on the foundation of your rationale for why you do what you do every single day, all the time. So when I said the only perspective I like to bring to running is fun... That's important, and that's going to underpin everything I'm about to say. So keep that in mind, that fun, that joy, that excitement, and literally living out the beauty of running is at the core of all of this. So before we get to the actual nuts and bolts of how to start running or how to get into phenomenal shape, I want to back up just a bit and give you a brief history of my own experiences with running. Because I think that really helps to shape why I have my perspective that I do. Which, of course, will then play into your own perspectives for why you choose to do what you do. So my running history really began back in college. Yes, I ran track and field in high school. uh, But that was mostly sprints and high jumps and doing lots of other really springy activities that had nothing to do with endurance running. My endurance running really kicked in in college. And what I was able to do was take myself from a very out-of-shape college student to someone who was literally running his first marathon a year after I graduated. Once I moved to Tennessee in my mid-20s, I discovered, for the first time ever, the trails. I'm going to get to that later on in the episode. But trail running became an epically important part of my story. What I did at that point was upgrade from running the trails and doing some small road runs to doing full-length marathons and then ultra marathons, and all of that took place in about a three- to four-year period where I went from basically out of shape to someone who was in the best shape of my entire life by a long shot running marathons every single weekend for months in a row. That was my life for a long time, and it was awesome. I had a great time. I got into phenomenal shape. My diet was stellar. Like, this was like peak Jeff Sanders in his late 20s, and things were going super well. And then the story turns. (laughs) And then, dun dun dun, here comes the big, like, oh no. Well, essentially, what happened is what happens to every great athlete is you get injured, right? Bad things happen when you push the bar. Now, I'm not arguing against challenging yourself, but I'm acknowledging reality. That's a a big change of my perspective uh, over these last few years, especially when it comes to physical fitness, is the incorporation of real life. That includes injuries. It includes the fact that after I did this big running season, I became a full-time entrepreneur. I bought a house. I had two kids. You can see how in my 30s, my life really became more of a kind of traditional adult 30s lifestyle when you have all these things going. A busy life with work and a wife and a house and kids. It's just that whole story really played out for me in a way that said, because I'm older now, because I'm busier now, running is not for me right now. What I shifted into was lots of weight training and sauna usage and stretching and other things, which are great and wonderful, but it wasn't running. Running really kicked in for me just recently, and I decided officially for the first time in over 10 years to pursue a full-length marathon again. And so at present, I am training for, actually, it's a 50-kilometer trail ultramarathon. So it's about 31 miles, so a little bit longer than a full marathon. Uh, I have that on the calendar for later this year uh, here in Tennessee, and I'm extremely excited for it. Not just excited because I love to do races. Excited because I am bringing back some of the best years of my life, and I'm doing it again in my late 30s now. I'm 38 years old. At the time of this recording, by the time this marathon happens, I'll be 39. Part of what has happened for me in the last 10 years, I would just boil it down to excuses. Excuses. I made excuses for why I couldn't run, why I shouldn't run, why injuries would stop me, why I'm too busy, et cetera, et cetera. Those things I just mentioned, the business, the house, the kids, the busy life, those are all excuses. What I have come to realize, especially recently, and this has become just very top of mind for me, is that when you decide, here are my core priorities, these are the things my life is all about. You give your energy to those things. And when you give your energy to those things, you get results. If you try to do everything, you will do nothing. If you decide not to pursue something, you will get no results. This is not like a a light bulb moment. This should be fairly straightforward and obvious. However, when you live that out, when you decide, you know what? This thing matters to me. Let's say it's running. Let's say it's physical fitness or losing weight. You're going to make health a priority. When that becomes a centerpiece of your life, it changes so many things. Just about everything you can imagine begins to pivot. Your calendar, your task list, your goals, your energy, your sleep, all of these things shift towards the thing you're trying to accomplish. So for me at this point in my life to say I'm going to train for an ultramarathon yet again What I'm really saying is that my entire life is making one big pivot in all these different areas to point in that direction with a clear end result on the line. Like, this is what I want, and here's all the things I'm going to do to get there. So if your goal for the episode this week is to get into phenomenal shape, right, that's why you're here, it is possible. It absolutely is, but it will require that sense of prioritization to say, This is the thing. I'm not going to let the other stuff in my life come in and derail my progress. That takes a level of commitment that you probably have not had up to this point. If you're in a position where you're thinking, I need to get back into shape or into shape for the first time or lose these extra pounds I've been putting on slowly but surely over the course of the last few years. If you've been in a place where things haven't been working, they can work. There is a path out of it, but that path involves a pivot of all these different areas of your life to point in a very clear and specific direction. If you're not that clear, if you don't have that big pivot, if you choose not to incorporate that sense of prioritization, what's going to happen is that that goal is going to fade. Things are going to pop up. Distractions will be in place. Obstacles will derail you, and the goal will just disappear. It will happen. That's exactly how this works. Life is too busy, too crazy. There's too much going on in most of our lives to be able to say I'm going to pursue an ambitious goal, like a marathon or something further, without being totally in. So the question for me was, well, how do I get my life to a point where that is the priority? And the answer is pretty complex. What it really came down to for me was a bunch of other things in my life where I recognized well, okay, I'm making an excuse about my daughter's daycare schedule, or I have an excuse about my diet or my current weight, or I have an excuse about past injuries. And what I did was I took each of these things one by one, these previous excuses, and asked the question, how do I overcome this? What can I do to get past this? What's the solution here for this individual issue that I have in my life? And as I broke those things down one by one, I began to see a path forward. I began to see uh, open blocks in my calendar where I could do a short run. I could do a little one-mile run here or there, a little three-mile jaunt here or there. And when those things began to appear on my calendar, I could see a path forward. Well, all of a sudden, the big, ambitious goal of a marathon, ultra-marathon, et cetera, became so clear. This is how it happens. The shift that takes place is the realization that these things are possible, but you're going to have to go through your life and address each of these things one by one to figure them out. That's the complex upfront work. When that is completed and there's free space on your calendar that's open up now and ready for your health and fitness priorities, well, then you get to do them. And that's where the real amazingness kicks in. And so if that's where you are now, you're here because, yes, you want to do more running. You want to get into phenomenal shape. You want to change your life. These things are possible. But there is a ginormous, practical, upfront set of work that has to be done to make sure that your decision to pursue this can be realized in a practical way, not just a rah-rah speech and someone gets you motivated right now on a podcast. Like, I'm talking way beyond just traditional motivation. I mean, the practical nuts and bolts of saying tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. when you wake up and you had planned to run, you actually do. When you had planned to work out at the gym, you actually show up. And the difference between the person who actually shows up and those who said they would but didn't is the nuts and bolts of the calendar. It is the addressing of those excuses. And when that is handled, the path is clear and you move forward. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So that's kind of the the backstory of what it means to lead yourself down this journey. You know, like I said before, I've run dozens of marathons and ultra marathons. And the reason why I was able to do so was because I said, this matters to me and here's how I'm going to make it happen. But in that process, when I made that decision 10 years ago and doing so again now, I'm also choosing not to do everything else. This is the part of the story that's probably the most challenging. It's not the complications of calendars and excuses. That's Certainly part of it. But the other component here is the acknowledgement that if I say yes to this, the health and fitness priority, I am automatically saying no to the other parts of my life. Whether they're fun hobbies, whether it's time on the couch after work, whether it's other things or goals you're pursuing, business pursuits, career pursuits, family things, things are going to have to be sacrificed in the name of your new number one goal. This is where most people kind of hesitate because they think, wait a minute, I want to run a big marathon. I want to get into phenomenal shape, but I don't want to do so if it means giving up other parts of my life that I love. And what I've come to realize is that when there are things that you have defined as this is my thing, it's, it's so amazing once you're in it and you're doing it every day because as you see the progress taking place, you want more of it. And so up front, it seems like a sacrifice to let go of these things. But once you're in the game and you're actually doing the training, you're actually pursuing your health and fitness goals, you're seeing the results pile in, well, then all of a sudden those things that you were concerned about before, they don't matter anymore or not nearly as much because you're getting results that you want. And that is incredibly motivating. That's the kind of thing that you rest on and say, wait a minute. This is working. This plan is actually happening. I mean, I recently went for an eight mile trail run, and I haven't done that in years many, many years. And it felt fantastic. It felt really good. And because of that great run, well, what do I want to do now? I want to do another one and an even longer one, right? It builds upon itself, it scales over time and becomes a better and better experience. One component that I didn't mention yet that I want to make sure is, is really uh, dug into well is exploration and adventure. If you're going to pursue weight loss, muscle building, marathon training, health and fitness goals, and your rationale, your why, your big push for doing so is because you feel bad. You feel out of shape. You feel like you've, you weigh too much you you just you want to not feel the negative things you feel today. It's fine to pursue it that way. It's practical, it makes sense. I'm there myself often. I know what it means to want to say I've experienced negativity, I want positivity. But what I have seen that's so much more motivating, so much more exciting and so much more effective when it comes to the daily work is to view the entire process as a wild adventure. And one thing for me that's allowed that to be possible is making sure that when I'm running, I'm not just running. I'm exploring something new. For me, that tends to come from trail running. When I can be off in the woods and running on a brand new trail or even an old trail in a new way, I really feel like a kid again. Like that to me is the thing that's so exciting is it feels fresh and new and creative and fun and curiosity just explodes. I just... I really feel like I am living my best self, living my best life when I'm out there. And if you pursue health and fitness from this very military perspective of discipline and I've got to work hard and I've got to do my thing and check my boxes and I got to do what Jeff said, follow that list. That's not what Jeff is saying, first of all. That's not the speech that I tend to give as much as I love a great checklist and I do. What I love most is that sense of freedom and liberty, and autonomy that comes from exploration, that comes from adventure. So yes, you can start running on on the road in front of your house today. You can Wherever you happen to live, wherever you happen to be, you can go for a run, and that's great. But what's even better, at least from my perspective, is doing something that makes you feel what I just described, to feel like a kid again, to feel that sense of adventure. If you can incorporate that at the heart of your training program, Oh my gosh, you are going to absolutely love to train. You're going to love getting into shape. And that is a massive shift. Ask the average person who recently went to the gym on January 1st, how it feels to go back to the gym when they're out of shape. It hurts. It's not fun. It's painful, right? Well, what if you didn't have to experience that sense of pain? What if it wasn't painful at all? What if it was just a fun adventure? What if, right? Like, that's the thing. And what's amazing about that is that's been my perspective as I've restarted my journey here recently. And it's absolutely true. When I just said earlier, I did an eight mile trail run as my long run recently. It was at a park I very rarely go to. It was a rainy, cold day here in Tennessee. I went for this run a very early morning on Friday, and it was awesome. It was so fun. And so that's the point, right, is that we have an opportunity to not only get into great shape, to not only uh, pursue a bucket list goal, but to do these things in a way that's awesome. That is the thing. So if you want to bring out the best in yourself, if you want to pursue these big goals, I challenge you to have fun while doing it. (laughs) I challenge you to enjoy the process. All right, that's a very long winded introduction to finally get to these steps this week, but I wanted to make sure those things were very, very clear. So now let's get to these eight simple steps to actually begin the running process. These are the nuts and bolts. These are the things that I'm going to want you to take notes on if you want to. Or, of course, go to the show notes page at jeffsanders.com slash 481. You can get more links and notes there. All right, step number one is to acknowledge where you are. The biggest mistake you can probably make in the beginning is to overestimate your abilities. This has been such a challenge for me right now, especially because my body is 38 years old. But in my head, I'm 18. It's, it's an absolute real thing. I'm out there for a run, and I'm thinking, man, I can do this. I can do this faster. I can push harder. I can do more. I can't actually, that's not true. Uh, My physical body has to catch up to my brain. And if that's where you've been, especially if you've had past physical fitness successes, your brain is going to either A, remember those successes and think you're already there, like where I'm at, or B, you're going to have extreme negativity and be very pessimistic about what we can do. What I tend to think about in the beginning stages of a new running plan, new physical fitness plan is you have to start ridiculously slower and easier than you're going to want to. Acknowledging where you are means acknowledging that you are not where you are thinking you can be. And that dissonance that's created by those two extremes, that's where injuries kick in. Is you push too hard, too fast, you break yourself, the goal is over, you have failed, it's done. I don't want that for you. I recently experienced some runner's knee issues, uh, which is a very common thing you may experience as a new runner. What runner's knee tends to mean is you have overtrained too quickly. You have pushed too hard and your knees hurt. I will encourage you to take the runner's knee thing very seriously on day one and going forward and research that more intensely to make sure you do not get it, or if you have it, you fix it. If that is out of the way, you are kind of such an easier path forward. Which brings me to step two, which is I want your path forward to begin right now. Step two is to go out for a really easy run today. Now, that run could be 10 feet. You could literally run the shortest possible distance, but I want you to do something today to make your day one right now. If you wait, if you try to find a reason to postpone day one, day one will elude you. Right? The excuses are probably going to be building in your brain right now as you hear this. But I want you to increase momentum by beginning the momentum. The only way for this whole process to begin is to begin. And if you go out for a really easy run today, you can begin that process right now. So easy and short. This is the, this is the real focus here. Easy and short. One thing that I did, let's go back to this uh, eight-mile run I did recently. I did a different strategy or I implemented something that I haven't done for a long time, which was to intentionally run significantly slower and easier than before. And to do so in such a way that I finished the run thinking I could run a lot further. If that's how you feel, you did your job correctly. If you finish the run thinking I'm exhausted, I'm going to die right now. You did it wrong. (laughs) That's not the goal here, right? To get into shape, to pursue these long-term goals This is a long-term thing, and the slower approach at first is going to lead to massive results down the road, Uh, but we're not trying to go from couch potato to marathon runner in two weeks. Like That's not the plan, so easy does it is your goal for months, many, many months. The patience game is brutal. (laughs) It is the hardest part. Holding yourself back is going to be more difficult than getting yourself motivated to start running. I guarantee it, especially if you've had past successes, holding yourself back will be your biggest challenge. Step number three, create an achievable weekly goal. So here's the nuts and bolts of grabbing your calendar. I want you to find three blocks of time each week where you can run. Three is the number here. No more, no less. Very simple, easy three. The goal here is just to get yourself out and moving on a recurring basis with off days between your runs. Uh, The goal, once again, is we want to create momentum and success, uh, but we're not going to burn ourselves out, and we're not going to cause injury on day day one or week one. Uh, What I would recommend also is on the days when you run and the days when you're not running, so most days of the week, six, seven days a week, you're doing some kind of physical weight training or physical therapy to build the muscle groups you need for flexibility and mobility and agility so that you have this foundation of, My body can handle more running. This is where runner's knee issues come in. This is where lots of challenges for injuries in general come in is runners tend to run, right? Which makes sense. But then runners tend to not do the other things that are actually super helpful. Runners tend to avoid the gym. Runners tend to avoid doing the physical therapy. Runners tend to want to only run. And that actually works against them. So if you want to be a comprehensive, well-rounded, physically fit individual, that means you're going to be doing more than running. And so make sure that your schedule, whatever it is, includes at least a few minutes a day of some kind of stretching or physical therapy as well. There are many, many books uh, to dig into and resources online and YouTube videos you can watch. Um, Just knock yourself out there, but find a program that allows you daily movements in a way that is Focused on injury prevention. And I can't stress that enough. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Injury prevention is everything. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Step number four is the run-walk method. This is going to be your best friend. Because one thing that a lot of new runners tend to think is, when I go out for a run, I have to run the whole time. So if I'm going to do a three or four mile run, that means I am running nonstop for three to four miles. That is not true. <laughs> it is not true at all, especially as you do longer distances. Yes, if you watch uh, the Olympics or you watch the Boston Marathon on TV, you're going to see the elite runners running the whole time, but they're the top of the top of the top. They are such ridiculously elite people. You're you and I are not them. i Pretty sure you might be, but I kind of doubt it. My guess is if you're in this position that I've been in a lot, what you're looking for is a training program that allows you to make progress over time. And the run walk method essentially says, I'm going to go for a two mile run and I'm only going to run maybe half of it. And the other half, I'm going to walk. Of course, over time, you'll walk a little less and run a little more, and you'll kind of build up this, uh, this priority over time to make sure that the running takes precedence, but not initially. When I recently began my trail running plan, the number one thing I did for the last, we'll call it three to four months, was hiking, not running. I went to the trail and I hiked for many, many miles for many, many weeks in a row before I even attempted to run. Because hiking is extremely good for those similar muscle groups you're going to use when you're running. Well, same thing. Walking is good for running. These things are all incorporated together, but you don't want to push too hard too fast. And the long-term game here is one where walking is part of the process. Now, if you're going to go the direction that I'm going with a trail ultramarathon long-term as your ambitious goal, which would be amazing... There are many trail runners who will tell you that hiking uphill is a huge part of it. In fact, one great strategy is to walk or hike up the hills, and then you run downhill or on the flats when things are more more even. What that does allow you to say with when things are hardest, I'm walking or hiking. When things are easier, then I can bring in some of the running. And over time, you get better at these things, and you begin to, to run more of the hills. But this is a balance you want to strike, and in the beginning, put a strong focus on walking and hiking and taking breaks. Step number five is to incorporate a lot of variety. So I mentioned before this idea, you're going to run about three days a week and incorporate some sort of strength training um, other days of the week. What I'd also recommend is as your program progresses, that you incorporate lots of different styles of working out. That includes running on the roads, on the trails, on a treadmill, uh, jogging in place, You can also do yoga, strength training, volleyball. It doesn't matter what the thing is. Variety is going to work for you. Your number one activity is going to be running, right? Your number one thing is going to be the thing you set out to do, but there needs to be this sense of cross training to allow your body to be more physically fit in other areas, which will be very handy for injury prevention. Once again, super, super important. So if you decide you're going to run the roads for most of your running, then I would you know advise you to incorporate other activities that kind of complement that, uh, but that also work for your schedule, work for you have easy access to. Um, I tend to really enjoy lifting weights and using the sauna, which tends to work pretty well for my cross training, also some hiking and other things. But you're looking for just simple activities you can do on a regular basis that will complement the running goals that you have. Step number six is all about identity. So as your training program continues, one thing you're going to realize is that you have been someone who was not running and you have become someone who is running. What that means in a very direct sense is you're now a runner. And what I I had a really big shift at one point in my mid-20s where I wasn't working out and then all of a sudden I was. I wasn't running and then I was. And when I made that pivot and I was running consistently for a few weeks and then a few months, I had this aha moment where I realized, wait, I'm a runner now. That's like who I am. It's what I do. I I bought the running shoes. I have the running clothes. I have the running schedule. Like all these things began to come in place. And I would encourage you to adopt that identity as soon as possible. And the reason why I say that is because when you shift into this identity, when it's who you are, it's what you do, you approach your life differently. So a simple example would be, would a runner run in the rain or in the snow or at 4 a.m.? And the answer is yes. Runners run. People who don't run, don't run in the rain. They don't run in the snow. They definitely don't run at 4 a.m. But runners do. Runners don't have excuses about weather or time or how tired they are. You might initially, yes, those things will affect you on day 1, but as you progress in this process, you're going to figure out really quickly that you don't care about those things. Because what you care about is doing the thing you love to do. And that thing that once again that adventure you're going on is a whole lot of fun, and because of that, it doesn't feel hard. In fact, it's it's awesome to do. Running in the rain is great. Running in the snow is a ton of fun. 4 a.m. runs make you feel like a Superman because nobody else is out there running. It's just you. And it's a cool feeling. Once again, this whole perspective on exploration, adventure, and fun, it is baked into this process. That's especially true when it comes to your identity as a runner and what that means for how you approach these various challenges or obstacles or excuses that others may have, but you don't your shift, your perspective, it is not the same. You have become someone new and you are approaching these things differently. And from my perspective, in a better way. And so let that sink in. Let the identity of being a runner be who you are. Step number seven is to make slow incremental progress over a long period of time. This is going to be both awesome and painful at the same time. So on the awesome side of things, we're going for progress here. You know, one reason why I do this podcast and one reason why that I am just obsessed with personal growth in general is what I go back to is my definition of success that I stole from Earl Nightingale many years ago, which is that success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. To break that down, that means, first of all, you have a worthy goal. So in our case here, it's running a marathon or something similar to it. But to get there, the journey to get you to that finish line is a progressive realization. And what that means is you're actually making progress. You are realizing progress. or experiencing progress. You're noting it on your fitness log. You have it recorded somewhere. You can feel it. You can see it on your calendar that progress is happening, that your previous long run was three miles, and now it's four. It was 10, now it's 20. And that sense of progress over time, that's the exciting part. That's the awesome part of this process is to see yourself improving. There's nothing more motivating in the world of personal growth and productivity than to realize progress because that's the thing that that pushes us forward. It says, we're doing something here. This is actually happening and therefore I can keep doing this and get even better results. Now, the downside to this is how painfully slow it feels. So the advice that typical runners will get when they begin a a program of some kind is to start off at a pace that seems like a snail. And then it seems like on week two, you're still a snail. And then week three, you're like a turtle. And then week seven, you're like a sloth. Like it's just like it just feels like you're crawling through mud because it's just such a torturously slow process. Now, here's the counterpoint to that. You can do this in an aggressive way. You can push this harder and faster. Recently on the, on the podcast, I discussed David Goggins and his latest book. David Goggins' story is one of extreme intensity and pushing the boundaries of human potential. And it is, he has an amazing story. But one thing you, you see very clearly from his story is the extreme example of ambitious pursuits is that number one, he is willing to push himself probably harder than anyone else on planet Earth. But number two, he's also willing to experience pain in a way that others are not. And so as you pursue these, uh, these progressive realizations of your running goals, what you're going to see is that pain is going to be incorporated in a variety of ways, both from fatigue and soreness and just not wanting to run that day. Sure, that's part of it. But the patience element is going to be huge, too, because what you're going to want to do is not be patient. What you're probably going to want to do is push harder, faster. Like I said before, holding yourself back is going to be your biggest challenge. And that's what I'm talking about, that having patience is going to be part of the process no matter how hard you push. This is important. Being patient is not a negotiable element here. You will have to experience that sense, whether you're David Goggins and pushing as hard as you want or taking an extremely slow pace, everyone is going to want more progress faster. So embracing patience is just what this is. And so that's why I tend to lean on the numbers every week. I want to see the numbers show I'm making progress. Whether I feel it emotionally or not, I can see it in the numbers. My long run was here and now it's a little further. My miles per week was here, and now it's a little bit more. You can see these things happening. And so as you slowly increase your long runs, your weekly mileage, your strength training exercises, as you push yourself a little further, lean on the 1% rule. Uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, goes into great detail about how that process works. And you can incorporate a lot of James Clear's teachings into physical fitness. It's, it's really directly aligned. The 1% rule is perfect. It really challenges you to improve, but at a pace that seems ridiculously slow. But then over time, yes, it's awesome. All right, my final point this week, and this is the one that I already hit on earlier, but I'm going to do it again because that's how awesome it is. Get out of your comfort zone. Do something you don't normally do, but do so in a way that you absolutely love. If you are a city runner, if you love to run the city streets, go to the country. If you live in the country, go to the city. Experiencing something new is a magical thing. When I first began training for marathons, I was living in Boston at the time. And so my very first marathon was in Providence, Rhode Island. And I, I managed to run all of my miles on the city streets of Boston and a little bit there in Providence. But what I was doing was basically training myself for a road marathon by being on the roads. And so that specific training element was great. But then I moved to Tennessee a few years later and experienced a whole new world, a whole new pivot. And that exploration, that creativity, that curiosity, that adventure, it really was just baked into me that what I really want from all of this is to love every bit of what I'm doing and I get so much joy and value out of that creative exploration. Now, this may not be your thing. You may love repetition. What you may really love is doing the exact same thing over and over again. I would challenge you to break from that. And I say that because there is so much life to be experienced. And if you can take a goal like a marathon or ultra marathon and allow that to be your excuse to explore the world, well, why not? Why not jump in and do that and get into awesome shape at the same time? There's an opportunity everywhere to do better work, bigger goals, and become more of who you really can become. So why not? Why not jump in, enjoy the process, try something new, see what's possible for you. And for the action step this week, Go for that easy run today, do it as soon as you possibly can. That slow, easy first run. That's your first action step. That's the thing that's going to push you forward. That's the thing that's going to build the momentum and begin this project for you. Now, I'm telling you there is joy in all of this. There's exploration adventure baked into this process and it can start for you right now, today. JeffSanders.com slash 481 is the place to go with episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast in the app you're using right now or follow the show at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early.